2: Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews.
3: By students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at
0: Welcome back to the Shortcoat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. Well, what a show we have for you today, folks. What a show. You can look forward to the perspectives of Madeline Cusumano.
1: Hello
0: and the thoughts of Nick Lind
2: why hello Dave
0: and the you're, hello and the uh, The the amazing imagery and and pageantry provided by Abby Fife. Hey, and the grace and power of new co-host Holly Conger Welcome to the show Holly hello
4: everyone glad to be here
0: what took you so long you're you're almost an m4 for god's sake
4: i am i'm a rising m4 and i'm late to the podcast game i didn't really discover what podcasts were until i started med school and so then it's taken a couple years of building up bravery to come on one
0: uh, i don't know why people fear this so much it's easy it's fun it's magical
4: what if you sound dumb
0: <laughs> <laughs> i usually do i don't I, I really, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. We'll have to ask our listeners, like when we sound dumb listeners, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Hey, listen, before we start our show today, don't forget we have our annual summer listener drive. We're content listeners. I'm happy to have you listening. I'm totally happy with that, but could always use some more listeners. You know, low budget, but still amazing shows like ours. Depend on word of mouth. We don't advertise to get people to give us a shot. So listeners, I'm going to bribe you. Share our show on the internet, wherever potential listeners hang out. Uh, Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, Google+, Second Life. Share an episode or a screenshot. Uh, Let me try that again. Share an episode and take a screenshot. Send that screenshot to the shortcodes at gmail.com. And I'll send you a free pin I made myself. It's a logo. It's our logo. Not just a random logo, but... It's our logo, uh, 3D printed and coated with a hard dome of clear resin, and then polished to a high sheen using my own skin as an abrasive. Oh, it's beautiful.
2: So
5: what I'm hearing is this that uh, I could clone you, Dave, if I do.
0: <laughs> yes, comes with my idea. If you want to clone, of, if you want to, if you want the world's shittiest clone, uh, that's not true. I don't. That's know not true. If I would
6: say the world's shittiest, like my- maybe average.
0: <laughs> i'm sorry it, it, you know what it's totally true i've I, you know i'm not i have no I, amazing i've met
6: a lot shittier people than you dave we'll just say that
0: okay i appreciate that <laughs> uh it's just my way of saying thanks for uh telling the world um with a little little bonus DNA. Uh, guys, on our last show, we talked about racism in medicine and the very active conversation right now on police brutality, uh, the protests as they relate to increasing coronavirus infections, et cetera, et cetera. You know, as a, as a white man, man talking to a bunch of white people about racism, I you know, in the end, I was happy with our conversation, but I knew um, and we knew that we were not able to fully understand the experience of black America. So when I released the episode, I included text to the effect that, you know, we're aware of that limitation in discussing these and we asked people to write in if they had feedback, and a couple of people did that, including uh, including Cache. Um, so let me bring up her feedback so we can listen. Here it is.
3: My name is Cache and I am a pre-med at the University of Florida. I just recently started listening to the podcast and I find it really enjoyable. I wanted to comment on the most recent podcast, A Peace Corps Gap racism in medicine. One comment was made about asking black friends or acquaintances about their experiences. If a person feels that they were sheltered from the realities black people and POCs deal with in this country, I would highly discourage that. If a person feels that they are starting to realize the inequalities, It is their responsibility to educate themselves about the issue. There has been plenty of documentation about the black POC experience in the United States, and asking a friend to relive their trauma can be seen as insensitive, I feel as a black woman, that it would be better to educate yourself first. That is not to say that you cannot engage in these conversation and ask questions, it is more to highlight that it is not the responsibility of black friends to educate. It is, rather, more beneficial to be a listener and ask how your friend is feeling, rather than to seek out education from your friends. Again I appreciate the podcast and you all brought up some really valid points. I understand how this is a sensitive subject and commend you all for providing a platform for discussion.
0: Well, uh, first, thanks for writing in to uh, to help us out with that, uh, Abby. You were the you were, I think, the co-host who made the suggestion that uh, Cashay, Cashay is um, responding to. What what were your thoughts on? Uh,
5: yeah, so I think that one definitely did not intend for those implications of my comment, and I'm I'm really glad cache wrote in to help me realize that I definitely needed to clarify. I think it's kind of hard on this podcast if you don't pick that up from listening it's very organic and unplanned and so i think that can lend to incomplete thoughts and yeah i think it's cachets right there that it's really important that we clarify this one just because it is such a sensitive topic um first clarification i would have is i definitely did not mean acquaintances i my advice was meant to be close friends that you had not necessarily had these conversations with. And I was drawing on some of my own experiences where uh, I had several close friends who were black and I had done a lot of edu- a, lot, a lot of that education that Kishay had mentioned before talking to them. And this was also the summer of 2016 where there was a lot of police violence that was very public at that time as well though less less of a movement happening
1: mm-hmm.
5: um but it was it was very big and it was something we had talked about and I, with several different conversations i i brought up like what has it been like for you like how are you doing with this what have your experiences been and it led to these really powerful conversations and so that was kind of the heart in which i was making this advice from but i think that it is um probably and I think that the way I phrased it too is that I was like oh do this to educate yourself and that's not necessarily really what I was it's just a bad phrasing of what I was saying so I'm really glad that I'm on here again to clarify that ultimately we we want policy change and we want but we also want a world where we live together and we're all friends and I don't maybe that's too cliche but no (laughs) um, I love it and I think I think those conversations help to get there but I would um definitely say to take cachet's advice to to do the, that baseline education i would definitely say like don't be afraid to have conversations around race white people out there but just please be be smart and think think about it you know the same with with asking anyone else about about their trauma like yep. don't just go ask a random acquaintance but just yeah i don't know hopefully does that
6: Did I clear that up pretty well, friends? I think you did. I think so. I think it all comes down to, like, intention, too, and also just admitting when we make mistakes because these are very hard and complicated conversations, and so we're not going to be perfect. But being willing to, like, make mistakes, but also if you come at it with, like, empathy and good intentions and they are a close friend, then you should know what you need to do in that situation because you should know your friend or whoever you're talking to. So,
0: And I guess the only thing I would say about good intentions is that, um, you know, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of well-meaning people Mm -hmm. out there who still get it wrong. Yeah. Um, Mm. And, uh, you know, just be just be aware of that and um, be open to be be open to criticism when you make those mistakes. I mean, it's going to happen.
6: And I guess what I meant by intentions was never go in with the expectation that someone else like needs to educate you yeah. from their like experience mm-hmm. yeah. of like trauma or that yeah. experience. So yeah
5: I think one thing Kisha said that I wanted to highlight is like she like mentioned that you need to come in from the perspective of being a listener and I think as a white person that's incredibly important that it's like if I'm gonna try and make you frame how your story is gonna be that's not ultimately going to help any of us but like if you're prepared to actually sit down and listen which is can be really hard especially if you are someone who's like been sheltered from it like it can be really really hard work and i'm definitely not perfect but it is really worth it if you can just like hold back what you're saying for a little bit and just listen
1: yeah yeah i think
2: one thing i've heard a lot uh is the whole stop checking on your black friends um Like they're getting uh, I was just listening to a podcast right before we started this where uh, um, two guys were talking about, like, how many text messages they received last week and how many phone calls they received. And they they were just talking about how overwhelming that was. And and they were like, where were all of these white people, you know, uh, a month ago when my mom died? Um <laughs> like nobody was calling me a month ago when my mom died and now everybody's calling me. It's
0: so uh, hard to strike the it's so hard to strike the right balance. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um uh, Cache? I don't know. The the robot pronounced it as Kashai which I which I like. I like Kashai I like any other pronouncement of your name. Um
6: Feel free to write in and correct us if we're <laughs> wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely. feel really strongly
5: that we should all learn to pronounce each other's names because yeah. like if I can't respect you by pronouncing your name right, then I'm basically just trash.
0: So. Well, look, it's a little hard in email, you know, give me a break.
5: Yeah, it is. I should
0: have asked, but I didn't. <laughs> so
5: just uh, please, please respond, Kishay. I want to know how to say your name. So I yes, thank you. you.
0: We've got a listener <laughs> question about from Cam, who's had an idea about a more efficient way to uh, apply for med school. Would it be acceptable to ask an admissions office member of a school we are interested in for feedback on our primary application before submitting it? I know people ask for feedback after receiving a rejection, but honestly, it makes more sense to nip the issue right off and ask before it even gets looked at. Huh. Um, what do you guys think? I, think that's I, a I don't know that idea. I understood the question.
5: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting idea. I think the thing is, is that, I believe a lot of that rejection feedback comes only after being granted an interview, which significantly weeds down the pool of people uh, asking for feedback. And so I think that if AdComs and admissions offices had every single med prospective med student emailing them their primary application before submitting it that they would never, like, they would never get their work done because they're just trying to give everyone feedback. So I'd say an alternative would be if if your school has a pre-health advisor, they're a great person. If they don't, um, do you, if you have any friends who are in med school or even, even other graduate programs or other, like, non-medicine career advisors could be really great places for feedback. But I think that it's probably best to hold off on emailing the admissions office. What do you guys think?
4: I would say the admissions office has a lot of reading to do just to make it through everybody's application once, let alone twice. And also, mm-hmm. I think that anybody on the school's admissions committee is usually not published information. So you would just have to email the general email. So
0: yeah, um, and I think that's what they were Saying is admissions office. Oh,
4: just general email. Okay, um, I mean you could all you could and see what happens. But my guess would be that they would refuse to review it beforehand, especially because if they've given you feedback on your application, it creates a weird conflict of interest. You know, like if they've edited it, they might feel mm-hmm. obligated to more favorably view your application. And um, I know Iowa takes conflicts of interest very seriously, so I would imagine that that wouldn't go well. But you could certainly reach out to. Like a physician mentor of yours, or friends in med school, or um, somebody you shadow and have them review it.
6: I think this listener um, means well. Like they really just want to know, like to know what med schools are looking for. But I also feel like it could create this like um, effect that we wouldn't want. That would be like curated applications where people aren't being their authentic selves. Yeah. And I know it's like really difficult. You you could still be your authentic self. Um, and portray more what a med school wants, but what they really want is just to see like who you are organically. And so if every med school is like telling exactly what they like to see, then people are just going to eventually like narrow themselves into twisting their applications to those med schools and so I feel like that's not I mean at that point we might as well
0: select randomly and for for interviews and and yeah that's certainly not that's an even less efficient way
6: (laughs) but I'm empathetic towards this listener because I do or this listener question because I do know how hard it is to be like well I've done all these things and I can only put so much so like what do you value it's really hard to find that information online sometimes but
2: there are some good books and podcasts and things on on uh, how to put your application together and um it, you know uh, <laughs> i think uh, I, can, I mean Madeline i can't must think must of any podcast referencing this one maybe yes. i can't think
0: but, of any podcast uh, that do that
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean we we help i think uh like uh, dr ryan gray he's got Excellent. some uh, good resources he has a book on on uh you know writing your personal statement and all that Yeah, you so, can even you um, can there are even other pay resources as well you, uh, you can although you he can. gives
0: away a lot of his content for free you can also take it an extra step yeah i mean yeah,
4: i think a lot of meds, med schools are looking for what madeline said someone who's genuine um and i think that one of the biggest critiques of most pre-meds it, of the whole process is that it feels so random and I think that's true because I think every med school is looking for a variety of students. You know, they want students who have like a really strong academic profile that have like a perfect MCAT score and GPA, but they also want students who are like from the non traditional path that went and worked in accounting for three years and hated it and decided medicine was for them. You know, they want all kinds because, you know, diversity is a good thing in medicine. So unfortunately, that means there is no formula for getting in. You know, it's really hard to say if you put this on your application, you'll get in because yeah. that thing doesn't exist.
2: <laughs> yeah, Which I, know I, yeah I, I know I was definitely surprised, like looking at the schools I, you know, got interviews at versus ones I didn't, as well as the schools I was accepted to versus the ones that I didn't get accepted to. And it, it seems like it's so random. It's luck in <laughs> the draw. It's process.
4: like did whoever yeah. happened to read your application like it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you got to think about the the you know it is a numbers game. Um, on a on a basic level, it's a numbers game. There are you know however many applicants every year that schools have to sift through. Um, you know, and let's face it, the 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 selection process isn't made by computers. It's it's not that cut and dry. So yeah, there's a there is an element of. Uh, I guess we'll call it instead of randomness, we'll call it subjectivity. Um, I do know that our admissions office is uh, often happy to talk with a prospective student um, and, and, and maybe give some thoughts about their situation um, and their prospects. But I don't think they're going to be willing to help you to the extent of giving you the answers for the test, because that's what this is. That's what an admissions interview is. It's a test. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will help I, you know if your stats and scores are within the limits of a particular school too.
6: So um, this kind of reminds me last week when I was on the podcast um, I was talk. I like casually mentioned that I was a Mizzou alum and I actually had someone direct, messaged me on instagram um and was like hey i just graduated i'm a mizzou alumni too um i'm applying out of state he assumed i was out of state since i went to mizzou but i actually applied in state um he said do you have any advice for out-of-state students applying to iowa i'm really interested in that school um,
0: and well you should be
6: <laughs> yes Um, so I thought that was cool that like this podcast you know was able to give him a resource so one my advice would just be really try to we talked about this last week really try to find people who went to that school they can give you advice and two, just um, do your research and that can really help you I do have a question Holly I know you're out of state do you have any advice for this listener
4: I am out of state. So I'm from Colorado, went to Colorado State. Go Rams. Um, And so I've actually had the same thing happen, not because of this podcast, considering I'm a new co-host. Yeah, that would be be weird. (laughs) um, uh, (laughs) Premonition. But no, uh, I've had lots of people actually reach out from that I knew in both high school and college uh, when they found out that I got into med school at all. But also when I got into Iowa asking me about advice to get in. That's really funny. (laughs) Um,
0: You got into med school?
4: Yeah, believe that social media knows, what? <laughs> um, and so I think um, I think if you're particularly interested in a school, reaching out to any connections there is great because you can kind of figure out what that school values. Um, but in general there's lots of resources out there, like Nick has mentioned and everybody. And so a lot of it's very good. I think if you come across as a genuine person who cares about something and shows a little bit of experience in the medical field, that goes a
0: long way. (laughs) And also who is taking the application process seriously. Yeah, I I
2: mean, I think it really pays off to do it right the first time. Like do your work, um, get everything that you need together. Uh, make sure that you're really honing, you know, your personal statement and your extracurriculars and all that because it is a very expensive, exhausting process. And um, I'm very happy I didn't have to do it more than once. Um, I know there are a lot of classmates that did, um, but uh, it, you know, I think it really pays to, to put in the work now, make sure that your application is great and, and do this process once.
4: And please spell check nothing is worse yeah. than reading a personal statement that you know has grammatical errors or spelling errors you know like that's a silly mistake and it damages your application because it looks like you didn't proofread something that's supposed to be incredibly important to you
5: mm. and i just want to encourage everyone out there who's applying to med school right now in application season uh this sucks this process is terrible it's long and it takes forever And i remember so many times feeling like oh, I'm writing all these things down, but if these people could just meet me. And then, you know, I got to the interview and I was like, oh, but if the rest of the adcom could just meet me. And it was so frustrating. And it was like almost a full year after I started the process that I finally got my acceptance. And so just please hang in there, everybody. It's hard. Uh, med school is also going to be really hard, but like you can do it. You can do it, everybody. Good morning. Hang in
6: there. Nice if you believe Unfortunately- in yourself you can learn to ride a bike <laughs> this is one of my favorite youtube videos
0: let's talk about some news uh why do men seem to be more susceptible to poor outcomes from COVID 19. why do bald men seem particularly affected one preliminary study suggests it's due to androgens but i say it's because god hates me uh <laughs> Brown University researchers let me try that again. Brown University researchers suggest that male hormones could be what the lead author called a gateway for the virus to infect cells. Baldness, which is caused primarily by my powerful male hormones and thus a symbol of my manliness, uh, is a risk factor. Wouldn't you agree?
4: Whatever you want, Dave. <laughs> I don't know if correlation is causation. Oh, but-
0: thank you, Holly. You have got the spirit of this show. Thank
2: you. <laughs> The- yeah but i mean we do know that like uh you know testosterone um can kind of inhibit the immune system a little bit and estrogen can upregulate the immune system so um it makes sense
0: all right the article i read on forbes was later updated to say the one thing it could possibly say to annoy me which is that the study didn't control for age um <laughs> And, and I don't know, seeing as how, seeing as how age—those so old bald people versus older those men young might bald people—bald
4: and more vulnerable. What
0: uh, I know, age is both a risk factor for baldness and poor outcomes of COVID nineteen. So, which is why I say today, thanks, scientists, for for doing this worthless study and pissing me off. My <laughs> well, wife okay. tried to
4: correlation is not causation.
0: Yeah, my my wife, uh, the uh, researcher, tried to uh, educate me on things about um, you know. Uh, statistical power and multivariate, um, studies and blah, 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 blah. And I was, I was too pissed off to list, (laughs) but
2: I sometimes feel that way in, in lecture about (laughs) these same topics
0: too. (laughs) Oh, anyway, nice try science. Hey, uh, a couple of studies, uh, a couple of shows ago, we discussed a study in The Lancet that said hydrochloroquine and chloroquine was associated with higher mortality rates and more cardiovascular problems. Well, that study has been retracted. Uh, Please, future Dave, insert sad trombone noise here. Uh, That study caused the WHO to pause its own clinical trial as did numerous others around the world. And then the question started. Scientists around the world noticed data discrepancies and there were questions about how the study data, how the study collected its data. Uh, for instance, some big hospitals named in the study, uh, denied being connected with it. And the company that managing, the company managing the study, uh, called Surgisphere, seems a bit suspicious. Uh, for instance, the Guardian found that the company hardly has any online footprint and uh, their website's contact link led to a WordPress template for a cryptocurrency site. Um, <laughs> LinkedIn, uh, <Good> old
6: Bitcoin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't see what's so suspicious about that. Man, uh, I haven't
6: thought about that in a while.
0: LinkedIn listed just six employees. That number went down to three this week or last week. Oh. Uh, they included a science editor who seems to actually be a science fiction author and fantasy artist, <laughs> and a marketing executive who may, in fact, be an adult model and events host. I mean, not that. Uh, either of those people can't do those jobs, but maybe they can't. I don't. Know. Uh, I prefer to get all of my uh, science from science fiction authors and adult model. I mean, that's that just makes sense to me. Why not? Right?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I love uh, all the you know science with uh, Star Trek. Yeah.
0: Like yeah. All that gobbledygook. Like oh, we gotta make sure the tachyons aren't uh, <laughs> the tachyon particles aren't interfering with the uh, the the sensor array. <laughs> sure (laughs) Sapan Desai Surgisphere chief executive and co-author of the Lancet article and another in the New England Journal of Medicine has been named in uh, three medical malpractice lawsuits uh, Though he says the allegations are unfounded he also maintains that Surgisphere did nothing wrong in the study and that they're just a data aggregator Uh, okay his co-authors have started their own independent reviews of the data yeah Hmm. (laughs) I don't know
4: Dave Aren't co authors supposed to review a paper before it comes out? Isn't that like required? I'm- I
0: th- I th- I thought so. I'm not yeah. a science. I wasn't I'm not sure a how you. Could I'm be not a scientist. A
4: scientist. <laughs> not everyone listed as an author like had to sign it or something like sign off. Like I think you like, do selfless. as someone who is currently yeah you do in the process of beefing up the research part of my resume before residency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure one of the requirements <laughs> to be <laughs> listed as an author is you would have to review the paper.
2: Um <laughs> yeah, and you have to sign all your disclosures and and all of that. Um, that is definitely a requirement.
0: No, like. It seemed pretty, in hindsight, it seemed pretty easy for uh, the, the, the newspapers and the, and the scientists and all these people to discover the problems with this. I mean, they literally just had to use Google. It's not like, you know, the data looked great and, you know, they didn't need to do any, you know, like they had to like really dig deep into the science. They literally just had to type in Surgosphere into LinkedIn. And it was like, oh, hmm. That-
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, I mean, uh, couldn't you cover your tracks better? I don't like, know. I don't, I don't type everything into Google that I think about, but I guess, <laughs> I, should be, nice. I, guess I should be more, uh, I don't know, more understanding. But come on,
5: I feel like this is a place where a high level of like competence and a high level of checking your facts and all of that is kind of critically important. Like, it's not like I don't know, these people's lives here, so let's try and make sure our data is okay. Like. That's, that's not that hard or like that unrealistic of an explanation that before you well, publish a paper, yeah. you just make sure everything's kosher.
2: Yeah. And, and the study was in the Lancet, right? Like, yeah. And then where, where were the editors or was, was it not the Lancet? Was it, it was s- the Lancet. Yeah. Somewhere else. Yeah. It, yeah. A pretty okay. Journal. Then, yeah. That, like, where are the editors? Like <laughs> didn't they read it and like do their homework and, you know, look at...
0: I would love to know yeah. more about how that process works, right?
6: Yeah. I, mean, I also just, not that this is an excuse at all. I just think that, like, with this whole COVID thing, everything's moving so fast. And I think especially at the beginning, like, again, not that you should just, you know, throw away the protocol um, when something's exciting. Like, I wonder if just the overwhelming of the systems just allowed some bad signs to slip through.
0: Yeah, we, we um, really are. All of
6: this uh, chaos.
0: We really do seem to be rushing some things um, in the and, and, you know, perhaps appropriately so. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess the bright side is, um, you know, the system does work. I mean, we did figure out that, you know, this study might be bogus um, Mm -hmm. in the end. But, you know, it's it's unfortunate that the that the that the effect of, you know, now that we're sort of suspicious, the effect is that, you know, well, you know, how, how bad is the rest of the sign, Right. It sort of contaminates everything else.
6: Yeah, I think I was listening to The Nocturnist again, and now I can't remember what drug it was, but there is a drug trial that was happening in like a Philadelphia hospital. And this provider was talking about how she was really frustrated that, when they went through like the IRB approval process, um, they, however, it was approved. Basically, um, disqualified people who were non-English speaking from participating in the trial. So it was like you, like you couldn't like give consent via an interpreter that like wasn't included in the IRB. Or there's just some sort of like issue with that, which. She was like, I had patients who were like Spanish speaking only and we had interpreters, they could give consent with an interpreter who were great candidates for this drug treatment, but I couldn't include them in the study because it wasn't like in the study protocol.
0: Yeah, I mean, but that's a that's that's a classic case of the devils in the details, right? Yeah. And the and the details need to be considered for a reason. Um, you know, what does an in, what do you mean by interpreter friend? Do you mean uh, you know friend of the family? Do you mean uh, a professional? You know, that's a pretty big range. And this is one of the problems. And this is one of the problems that um, hospitals are now navigating. I know the University of Iowa is, is navigating when it comes to, um, for instance, things like patient uh, uh, translators for patients, right? Like right now, um, because of COVID-19, you can't necessarily bring um, somebody with you to your appointment. Um, And if you're relying on that person as a translator, that's kind of an issue. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we do have translators in the hospital that are professional. But Um, we don't
6: have enough of them.
0: We don't always have enough of them. Um, And one of the things that, you know, people might feel more comfortable with their own family member as a translator, but that person may not have the knowledge to accurately translate what's being talked about. I mean, certainly Mm -hmm. I would not feel comfortable um you know even explaining something to somebody in, in the same language sometimes what's being talked about um, mm-hmm. so.
4: I would say it's really common to see families that speak a different language. Usually it's their children that speak English that want to operate as the translator. And like you said, the devil's in the details. And so when you paraphrase something that says, especially something that might be incredibly important or complex, like most doctors prefer to not use family members just because they're never quite sure what's being translated and what's being lost in translation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Iowa does a pretty good job at having the phone columns. Yeah, I don't a... know what they're called. Which
6: doesn't work like
4: half the time, but you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've had mm-hmm. mixed results with it so far, but uh, luckily they do have, you know, lots and lots of different languages
0: available. So
6: yeah, it's better than nothing for
1: sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, you know I me, I just want me. to exercise your minds on this show so that you're, you're that much sharper when you see a patient uh, or you when you study. Um, that's that's my driving goal, right? Yeah. I hope that comes through. Thanks, Dave. You're welcome.
4: I appreciate it. As someone who's currently studying to take step two, okay. Yeah.
0: So to help you pump up those brain cells, Holly, let's play oh. a game made possible by our good friend Zoom. Here's how this is going to work, I think. I'm never quite sure. Uh, I will ask you a question and you will send me, you will send the answer just to me in the chat.
6: Private chat.
0: Privately to me in the chat. I will send those answers back. To everyone anonymized and you will vote on the one we think we should use then we'll use it for a round of would you rather
4: That's, <laughs> is this training for my future zoom interviews yes
0: zoom <laughs> exactly <laughs> they're all gonna play this.
4: zoom interviews <laughs>
6: this yeah. for sure
0: would you rather this for sure is how it's going to work uh all right in the chat and addressed only to me what was your favorite toy as a child your favorite toy i
4: feel like i had multiple favorite toys throughout different time periods of my yeah, life of course but...
0: i think it depends think... on the era <laughs> <laughs> all right let me type this in all right here are the answers uh that i will send back to you i don't know if i did that way. <laughs> i accidentally send it only to holly why did that
4: i, I was gonna say i got the answer <laughs> but i
5: think i'm the only one <laughs>
0: why did that
1: happen
5: because <laughs> you're you probably playing just... to Holly. So
4: you have
6: you to it to, to everybody you have to change it to all on onward says to two. everyone i
0: oh, know
1: everyone.
6: Okay, found it. Got it.
0: Uh, so yeah, we've got so some answers now- here. We've got beanie babies, dollhouse, my toy box, and Nick's answer: my mother's hot curler. So, oh yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> I thought they were supposed to be anonymous.
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs>
4: yeah, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah which of these do you think which, which of these do you love uh, which, which of these toys do you love best
4: Well I wanted to vote for Nick <laughs> <laughs> I what's,
5: in the, what's exactly in the toy box Just the box well, Is it just the box it, or are that, there toys inside?
0: Well, there's clearly, there clearly would be toys inside, wouldn't there? A toy box is filled okay, with toys. Beanie
6: Babies are worth a lot of money now, <laughs> yeah. if you have the right ones. True. No, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's, like, I, I've read so many articles that are, like, we all thought the Beanie Babies were going to be the collectible, and they're, like, worth nothing.
1: Yeah.
4: But. I still have, like, two, like, giant Tupper like... Not Tupperwares, but, you know, like the giant green bins with the clips yeah. on top. Yeah. Full of Beanie Babies in my house. Really? We, we
5: found a box of those several years ago, and they all had to get thrown away because they were a little moldy. <laughs> oh, Her no. Our basement Ooh. flooded, and I'm guessing that's the problem.
6: For what uh, well, purpose? Well, it's got to be oh. my toy box, because you could fill so many toys in a toy box. Yeah.
0: All right.
5: Yeah, toy box. That's, that's a good, good
0: one. Would you rather oh, live too. in a world without my toy box? Yeah. <laughs> or floss joe biden's teeth every morning
6: every morning for the rest of my life yeah i'd definitely rather live without my toy box
0: wow yeah i
4: was gonna say i don't think
5: i want to well, i feel so like it. i can live without my toy box right now like am i taking away toy boxes for
0: all children <laughs> yeah everywhere? it's a world it's a world without toy boxes i guess we should say oh not but they could well, just
2: play I, I
1: with hot floss, curls
6: hot curlers
2: <laughs> i could floss joe biden's teeth because you know how much longer is the guy gonna live <laughs>
6: Yikes. Is this because I guess you I have, have
4: children and you could, want the toy boxes?
6: Could I get policies passed <laughs> that I wanted to, like, if he was in uh, some sort of political position?
0: Well, like president. I don't know. Yeah, like... Uh, well,
6: I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a possibility. So
0: you'd that, have his ear. Yeah. I mean, you could, like, Literally, whisper in there as, as you're, like, your flossing team, away.
6: Like, can you please push this forward for me? You'd have his ear
0: yeah. and you'd have his seat, so...
2: yeah. And maybe he teeth? can take them out. Maybe he can take his teeth out and you can floss them that way or stick them in a cup or something. Yeah. He might not have his own teeth. Do you teeth. floss dentures? I don't
5: know. I feel like if it's a denture, can it get a cavity?
0: No. not no. Really well.
6: <laughs> I mean we don't know for sure that Joe Biden has dentures.
2: Yeah. We know nothing about Joe Biden's dental health. This is gonna be We
0: have no medical records. This is gonna be the we next political topic. Like Joe Biden revealed to have dentures.
1: On the short copy. Un- unflossed I knew it. dentures. Thanks
0: thanks to a little known podcast.
4: <laughs> unflossed dentures.
0: Uh, it's gonna go viral
6: when i was a child i would just take my mom's like you know the hot curlers they have the different sizes and whatnot that you roll up your hair in yeah yeah um i would pull those out from our like closet dump them out and then i would line them up in the hallway and organize them by size and that was like my favorite thing to do when i was like like between the ages of like two and four
0: there is a stage of development that seems to involve either the stacking of things or the arranging of things according to I don't know, color, size, you know, wh- what have you.
6: <laughs> I preferred that like over any toy for several years.
0: Yeah. yeah. Nick's answer, by the way, was uh, I think it's clear my toy box. Um, Got the toy box.
4: <laughs> well, growing up, the refrigerator box was one of my favorite toys. Maybe I should have. There, yeah. is, there
0: is no substitute. There are two things in this world that are the best toys. Of course, we know about the stick. Everybody knows that the (laughs) stick is the best toy. Um, A
6: wand, a walking stick, it could be anything. Yeah, but you can find
0: those anywhere. The best toy is the giant box from the dishwasher or refrigerator delivery or whatever. That is the (laughs) best toy. All right, in the chat, to me, what is something most people would be ashamed to admit to? Something most people would be ashamed to admit. Keep it clean, Abby.
5: I know like, I'm literally like drawing a blank here, everyone. Abby, Can Abby I get, has like no... a multiple choice test.
0: Abby has no shame. There's nothing that would that would shame her.
5: I'm just like I can't think of anything that I'm really overly honest is part of my problem
0: in life. All right. Uh, think about somebody else then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay.
5: I got one. I got one. Wait. I
4: have a couple. I'm I was gonna say, I feel like I had the opposite problem. I could think of
1: several.
0: <laughs> Holly, every time we start this process, you end up being oh, because you responded first, and so it immediately switches to Holly. <laughs>
4: <laughs> One of my favorite stories are about Zoom becoming the new platform for lectures. Is lots of students like to message their friends privately during Zoom chats, but they sometimes accidentally hit reply to everybody. <laughs> the APM <laughs> <right>. block <laughs> blocks you can only
6: chat the host. You can block that? I think when you're the host, you can do lots of different settings. So like in the APM, like I was trying, like Nick is my neighbor. So I was like trying to like message him one time, like I see you. And then yeah, it just,
4: it didn't work for the APM block. (laughs) Don't don't spread that around. We don't want more professors to do that.
2: (laughs) Most of them have no clue what's going on on Zoom. Like they can barely even get it running. So
4: the first like ten minutes. I I had one. uh,
2: Yeah, I had one where a resident had to run the PowerPoint from a different location than the lecturer, which is crazy.
0: I've done that. (laughs) These are some things that y'all claim are uh, ashamed that people would be ashamed to admit to. We have toenail chewing, falling asleep. (laughs) The logistics of that one falling asleep and cl- how do you how do you fall into that habit uh falling asleep in class
4: oh i have many friends i'm not do ashamed we-
0: <laughs> no i'm not ashamed i'd fall asleep if it's boring it's boring wearing the same bra for a week
4: <laughs> no that's fine
0: <laughs> i've never done that and how often they pick their notes <laughs> Toenail chewing. are all kind
4: of in the same vein, I feel like.
0: <laughs> Toenail chewing <laughs> clearly the worst option. Are we supposed to vote
5: which
4: one for <laughs> which one we would be most ashamed about? Can
5: I even? Yeah, I can. I definitely couldn't. I'm not that flexible. I definitely can. I feel like.
0: This is, I, this is just one of those things where I just feel like it would be hard to fall into that habit. I mean, you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, like it, it sort of requires an extra amount of effort to develop this habit.
6: I know I think like, that's why you're extra training. ashamed about it. But I guess that's really common. Um yeah. I don't know. I would say pick your nose is the worst. Yeah. But this like I could do it, but I wouldn't just like randomly like be in this position all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Maybe that's why it's so shameful because you have to go through that extra effort. That's
1: yeah, a, good really that about
0: is about is a good point. That is a good point. If you were hard. you
4: gotta really want it.
0: If yeah, you maybe. did in fact develop this habit, then that would make it extra shameful because somebody People would know would you like, went through a lot of work to get to that point.
6: <laughs> I feel like a lot of people wear the same bra for an entire week. Like that's normal.
0: Well, not. Yeah, I guess person. it depends on what you're doing. Yeah. What do we think? What's the best option here? If
6: it was the same sports bra, like for exercise, maybe that would be a okay, little. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or if you like...
2: only wore it for exercise, yeah. exercise clothes. Yeah, that's true.
6: I reuse mine because <laughs> it's just like I'm gonna be sweaty anyway.
2: Just for yeah. just for breeze it between. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I don't Just hang it well. hang it let it air out first <laughs> right. and then uh you know, wait, make sure it's not wet the next time you put it on. Yeah. That's always the worst. I always hated that playing football like all your equipment would be wet the next day. Oh. You're like, yeah. "Oh, this is gross."
1: Oh. Or
4: what if it's like crusty? <laughs> you really sweated it in it and it dried. Oh god.
5: <laughs> I always with my tennis shoes, like if I went for a run it was raining and then they're not dry when you have to put them on. Oh. Mm. Yeah.
0: All right, so which needs- of these are we going to select?
5: Mm. What what are we selecting based on? It's like we're trying to pick the most shameful here?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay.
5: Nose. Toenail chewing is definitely D- the most shameful thing on this
2: list. To- yeah, toenail chewing. That's just weird. gross. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's disgusting.
1: Like, you have to go yeah, I was, was trying to imagine it, so. what I would
4: be most ashamed to admit. And I feel like admitting that you chew on your toenails is pretty bad.
0: <laughs> <Sounds like laughs> sure, let's go for it. Sounds like we're at consensus. Okay. <laughs> would you rather... Find out that your grandpa cho- chooses toenails every day of his life, <laughs> or that you must live in a house shaped like a human butt for the rest of your life.
2: <laughs> Could
0: you imagine? is a nice house? Shaped like a human butt. If that's your idea of a nice house,
5: but what's the interior like? I was gonna say, what's it like inside? How many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? It's
0: the interior. How hairy yeah. is it?
6: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly I think don't think butt. either of those things are too bad because like, it's not me chewing my toenails. It's my grandpa. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, how, how much of a, an effect does that really have on your life? But so wouldn't I you have would to choose live, that one.
0: Wouldn't you have to live knowing that, you know, when your grandpa, so you go meet your, your grand, you go see your grandpa and gives you a kiss on the cheek and you're like, mother.
1: Yeah, I would not, not sure. want to. Have to it's leave
6: been a, it's wondering. been a long time since I get some
0: toenail fungus on your cheeks. Any of
6: my yeah. grandparents have been in my life, so I feel like I just. All
2: right, all right. Well, what does the house smell like?
6: Is it purely architectural? Because I also feel like that could put you on the map for something interesting.
0: True. Yeah. True. You could be. You could get on some sort of uh, tour. Uh, of interesting houses. Yeah.
6: Well,
5: Can I have I don't a nice I don't kitchen wanna... in my butt-shaped house?
0: Yeah, I, I think I... It, I think it could be a house in every other normal aspect. But okay, so I'll put so it this I way: on the, the outside, it would look exactly like a human butt. That's
5: a little crazy. like from a helicopter or like from the street. From the street, yeah. from a helicopter. I was gonna say, like, the helicopter. Where's
0: the
1: door? door? Can, Can I? Like... The <laughs> house, <laughs> and Nick and I were
5: like,
4: <laughs> "Where's the door?" That's <laughs> <your point. laughs>
0: You know where the door is.
4: Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's gosh. what I thought. I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to walk through that every day. <laughs> but I also don't want to wonder what my grandpa does with the toenails.
6: I still would choose grandpa because my ki- grandparents have always lived in a different state than me, and then they have both passed away now. So, like, Sorry,
0: I no. don't know. I feel
4: like learning where the door was tilted me towards the toenail chewing. <laughs> <laughs> My initial thought on this butt-shaped house
5: was like you had to take a helicopter to see the butt shape. Yeah. It's like a ranch style situation.
0: No, I was definitely envisioning, envisioning this as a street level. Yeah.
1: Everybody can see <laughs> it. Work.
4: Everybody can see it.
0: All right. Sounds like we're uh, leaning towards uh, Grandpa and his toenails. But it seems like a split decision a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. In the chat, what hairstyle do you wish... You could have aside from your own, and and you can describe it. You can you know you can use a name. I don't you know like I don't know if hairstyles have names.
6: I love my hairstyle.
0: But you got to pick one beside your own. Mm-hmm. I love your hairstyle too. I've always said you know who has great hair,
1: Madeline.
6: Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take that like you were serious.
0: Okay, and well, you should.
6: This is like a hard question.
0: I'll tell you that uh, when I dream, sometimes I dream that I have long flowing hair.
4: Really.
1: This, and let me tell you something, question,
0: I'm pretty happy with it.
4: I was going to say, did this question come from you learning about the coronavirus and bald men thing? <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a dream involving my hair. Well, you know, our, I feel like our hairstyles don't matter that much because of those big alien helmets we have to wear in the hospital. That is now. true.
0: That is true. No
5: one
4: can see it. It just squishes it. I've been, like, trying to work on my neck
5: strength because those things are heavy.
4: They are. I they give it people on headaches, and I too. Just, like Chin goes down. Uh, I think that lots of people have tension headaches <laughs> because they walk around mm. with this, like, 10-pound helmet on. It's
0: not time. I haven't gone to but. get mine yet.
1: Oh.
2: So here Us are the answers. Rising we've, got, well required. Uh,
0: we've got long auburn waves. We've got super long beard and bald. <laughs> we've got pixie cut, and we've got Mrs. Mazel's haircut, but with none of the effort. <laughs> That last one puzzles me. Who who's who's Mrs. Maisel? Oh, uh, you don't it's know the Amazon show, the marvelous, marvelous Mrs. Mrs. Maisel. Oh,
4: right, it's an Amazon show. Google one. it. I've,
0: I've now that you mentioned is that that I, Amazon show, show? Yeah.
4: yeah. I watch all
5: of her clothes. She is well dressed. Yep.
0: N- now yeah. That,
6: so always bright colors.
0: Yeah. Now that you mentioned, it, I have heard of that show, but I don't know what she looks like, so I'm gonna look it up. And I just
5: I love the fashion of. I'm honestly not sure that I know what era that show takes place in, because uh, I'm not gonna. 50s and at, 60s. I was yeah, gonna say fifty, sixties. It's
4: oh. just everybody looks so beautiful
0: in that show. Alright, she's got good hair. Okay.
4: I don't know. We all went into a profession where we get to wear professional PJs. True. Yeah.
0: All right, so we got long auburn yeah. waves, super long beard and bald, pixie cut, Mrs. Maisel's hair cut, but with none of the effort. What would you prefer? <laughs>
6: These are so like how do we come as a consensus to the I was say,
5: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I, I would never want a pixie cut. I think, okay, people look great with pixie cuts. This is not something I want in my life.
0: I'm not sure everybody can pull it off, yeah. You need to have... I I feel like you need to have a somewhat delicate set of features
6: i okay. have been considering a pixie cut
1: for a i think it might work time. for you um yeah.
6: but like right now i have the bob i was actually looking up there's like a long pixie um that is a little bit more of the in between that i almost went last time i got a haircut but i checked it
4: out i feel like the girls who can pull it off always look so gorgeous and i'm jealous i don't know if like
6: emma watson like right after she got yeah. done filming harry potter mm-hmm. That was so good. Yeah. I do not want <laughs> hair on my face. Like oh, no. that'd be so hot, it's especially great. In Corona. We'll see how you yeah, do. Yeah, no, I,
2: I like had a really good beard going again, um, like through this whole coronavirus thing, and then I had to wear a mask for a whole yeah. day, one day, and I was like, yeah, this is going like now. Yeah. I think and the I know next day, I what shift.
6: everyone submitted.
2: I think it's pretty clear that
0: I think- <laughs>
6: Yeah, I think we, I think we've really established.
2: Yeah, I went with the Mrs. Maisel uh, haircut. Mrs.
6: Maisel, yeah, let's do
2: it. (laughs) That that was what I uh, sent out. You know,
6: none of the effort. Just think about that. I think we should vote for that one. All right, I'm done.
2: Uh, Whatever is the lowest maintenance, that's what that's what I want. All
0: right. Well, none of the effort. That, that means that it's got to be Mrs. Mazel's haircut. All right. So would okay. you rather... Huh, let's see. Would you rather give one stranger perfect health for a year or be granted a permanent Mrs. Mazel's haircut, but with none of the effort, <laughs> hairstyle for life?
6: I think the stranger. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> you're asking a group of
1: people
6: that are help. supposed to want to help strangers.
2: <laughs> We've. Yeah. Yeah, the the stranger. I don't care about the hair at all.
6: Nick doesn't want Mrs. (laughs) (laughs) Nazzles.
5: Thank goodness,
6: it's going to be under a helmet anyway.
0: I I would I would choose the
6: stranger over any of our four options.
0: If if I have time this week, I guarantee you that the show is going to be released with a Photoshop of Nick with Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> I hope you do. All right. <laughs>
2: sounds great. Nick, Nick
6: is like almost there to uh, long auburn waves. Yeah. He has reddish hair. Yeah. He's kind of, about kind of wavy. Like,
0: I think that y'all should do the pixie cut that you want.
6: It was funny that someone did pixie cut because I my other answer was almost... A long pixie colored purple.
0: In the chat, name the most dangerous tool. Most
5: dangerous tool. Like a tool that I would keep in a toolbox or like define tool.
0: I'm not going to define tool. Tool is anything that you can use to accomplish a purpose.
4: I like watching Dave's face as the answers get submitted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that this one's a
2: good one that you could be creative with. And I totally just fired off the first thing that came in my Head. I don't like kind of. Yeah. I don't I like dangerous
5: funny. things. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I wanna just make people feel better and not worse.
2: Well, but like
0: even you a scalpel use is super dangerous. Bag. Yeah. Yeah. You can use Fair a scalpel okay. for good. Uh yes, yeah, so we've got a chainsaw, we've got Agent Orange, the human mind, and I'm torn between a bandsaw and your words. I assume that you whoever said that and you don't have to I'm gonna assume that by your words you mean the words that one uses. No, that was dave's words
1: my words <laughs> him, my words hands. personally he
6: does host a pretty large podcast you know my pretty words. widespread
4: i don't I know someone who's know. done quite a few rotations at the va agent orange doesn't look fun uh
0: yeah yeah and uh holly's yeah. gonna be hopefully an, an orthopedist so she's got no problem with saws i wouldn't i don't
4: i feel like they're kind of fun <laughs>
0: <laughs> saws and drills and
4: yeah lots of hardware
1: <laughs> orthopedic
4: surgery that. is all about the violence. Yeah. Although I feel like SAWs sometimes provide orthopedic patients, especially hand.
0: Be careful with those things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a lot of business. Oh,
4: I, I'm going to miss, I'm going to be on my orthopedic trauma semi in July. And I just realized that we had like the first week of July is our break. So I'm not going to be there for the hand firework injury. Yeah, I was going
0: to say, yeah, you're going to. Oh, They'll probably yeah. still be going though.
4: People celebrate that for like weeks. Yeah.
2: With any
0: luck. That would be Cause... the best time
2: to be on Ortho.
4: We'll let you know. Or
5: just <laughs> I mean
2: I would think that it would I like trauma, yeah, I find it very interesting.
5: I feel so like winter you get it. a lot of a lot of ice injuries. Yeah, lots of car accidents.
0: Yeah. But those are boring. A nice ex- Well, yeah. some of
4: them are very exciting.
0: A nice exploded hand with always
4: Exploded hands are intense.
0: Yeah. They're... I like Dave's words. <laughs> Dave's words.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I hadn't really <laughs> I mean, you, you can go with that if you want.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay, Agent Orange, you can get a lot of people down at once.
0: Yeah.
6: Yeah, I think Agent Orange is yeah. a good consideration. Yeah.
4: But what invented Agent Orange?
6: The human mind. <laughs>
1: Whoa. The most dangerous game. <laughs> um, okay, my- the
5: dangerous If we game. choose the human mind, we're going to have to choose, like, living without the human
4: mind, probably.
2: <laughs> but is the human mind a tool?
4: I mean it can be used to accomplish a purpose so I feel like yes.
2: Should we pick a different one to make
0: it funny? Let's pick the one that makes it the most funny. I think this will uh, let's see. Would you rather have Agent Orange for a foot <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 or
0: have to become a chiropractor for the rest of your life?
1: Oh, that's
6: Uh-oh. a hard choice actually though. Uh-oh. I am not like <laughs>
4: Oh, gosh. I don't think I'm equipped to be a chiropractor at all.
0: You don't think you're what? Yeah. Opposed to it? Equipped. Oh, equipped. Equipped.
4: Well, I definitely not know how, but I've also seen some gnarly injuries from chiropractors and acupuncture. I know, it's scary. So many popped lungs.
6: You get
5: a stroke if they do it wrong
6: on your neck? One of my parents' co-workers got a vertebral dissection from a chiropractic adjustment. Then I also know people who, like, it's literally the only thing that makes them feel better, so I don't know. If they would just
5: use some evidence-based medicine practices.
0: There are evidence-based mm-hmm. chiropractors, but there are- Yeah,
6: and there are chiropractic offices that only use evidence-based medicine practices, and there are offices, like, particularly in a lot in California that do a lot of stuff that's not based. I was going to say, okay. there's a
4: lot that
0: don't do that, though. But I think you have to choose between yeah. Agent Orange for a foot and, <laughs> and a non-evidence-based chiropractor
4: what would that look like is your foot just like on fire like be like if i'm walking around
5: with would it agent like orange... shoot
2: out agent orange
5: Like, am, or... I, am i killing everybody i walk next to with my agent orange foot
6: <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta just gotta no killing all those the
2: plants because like, there's plants, there was plants right the
6: human mind as
4: your foot <laughs> that would have been funny <laughs>
0: Your words your Yeah, foot? Dave's words.
4: <laughs> I think we took
0: this in an existential direction <laughs> like that Dave was not Dave's expecting. Dave's,
6: Dave's words tattooed all over your foot.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the short coat podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm Dave Adler. <laughs> I'm Dave Adler. <laughs> uh, I choose that uh, option. I
0: can't even... <laughs> But can you odd do? Oh odd? boy! Uh,
2: well, I choose one. I'm probably going to be a chiropractor. <laughs>
1: over, I feel like I want to just be my like
5: chiropractor and just give people a sham chiropractic, so I'm not actually hurting them. But if I have my Agent Orange foot, then I'm just killing everybody I
1: meet. Yeah,
4: yeah. That would, yeah. Like, violate a lot of like International Geneva
5: International. conventions
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. and
4: things. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a chemical <laughs> weapon, so it's not allowed anymore. But
0: yeah,
2: well, it's a, it's a herbicide like it's to kill plants but like people got sick from very it very sick yeah but, so it wasn't like a chemical weapon per se i mean it's just not really good for people i
4: thought it was used it, way in like the vietnam war though
0: it was it was used to defoliate uh trees so yeah that, so that oh, well, uh, i thought you it was just more easily to attack see the enemy but it had some pretty bad problems. you might be thinking of napalm yeah oh, I'm which thinking was of napalm, used during right, vietnam oh no
4: and, i'm thinking of the wrong thing <laughs>
0: All this time, all this napalm. time, she's been. That explains the comment that you made earlier about my foot being. Yeah, that's why I was like, your foot "Is your foot, foot just on, on fire? fire?
4: Oh no, <laughs> 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 that's embarrassing."
0: Oh, Okay. All well, right. Not
6: really up on my bio right. warfare. Yeah.
0: I don't think we need to. I don't think we need to go on with this one because the the clearly best answer is having napalm Agent foot. Orange for a foot. I mean, that's, that's just. Amazing yeah. Of course. All right. In the chat. Last one, in the chat, what were you most scared of as a child?
6: Can we do like lighthearted or like actual real things?
0: I think you should do actual real things. I wanna trigger an emotion in you. Yeah, once again, I didn't quite think this through. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we keep going with things that are not objects in your scenarios.
5: I can. I can change mine if you need a more more object fear.
0: <laughs> I, I, I think you have object fears. I I think I need more options because some of these are just too deep? too awful.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> too awful. Oh, maybe I should have thought harder about mine.
0: Yeah. No, I said. Like so I awful
5: said being how? abducted. I used to fall asleep like I was in a bunk bed, and I would like fall asleep clinging to the rail of the bunk bed because I was so convinced someone was going to kidnap me at
0: night.
6: Also, the three things that I just sent you are still like my worst fears currently. So. Uh-oh.
0: Uh, there's so many Getting things. Deep. I don't understand this one. but
6: <laughs> I did get past
5: my fear of being objected for all the listeners concerned. <laughs> my second for, fear for relates to
6: that. my first fear.
0: I'm going to eliminate oh. the ones that are just too real.
6: <laughs> just
1: too real. <laughs>
0: Uh-oh. Uh, All right. Oh, this. Do I need? Do I need to send a new one? No, I think, I think. Uh, I, I'm confused by yours. <laughs> like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You, you submitted do- a couple, so I'm gonna eliminate the one. That- I
2: know. I submitted one. The second thing I sent was explaining specifically what I was oh, afraid <laughs> of.
4: <laughs> it required clarification.
0: Okay, now I get it.
4: The suspense is killing
0: me. All right. Thank you. All right. uh, Here we go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the choices we have in front of us are stinging insects, wasps. I guess that's the same thing. Spiders, semi-trucks, or the show (laughs) Unsolved Mysteries. Or as Nick initially tried. I'm sorry. I'm going to give it away. As Nick initially tried to uh, post it, the show.
2: The show. <laughs> well, first I put unsolved mysteries, and then I was like, the show. Oh, unsolved
6: oh. Like, <laughs> Wait, his worst fear was just unsolved mysteries. But I
0: really liked. <laughs> you know, yeah. I really liked the idea of unsolved mysteries being the scariest.
4: That's I, hilarious. You can think of it as a show. <laughs> Although I support this because I am a true crime junkie and I hate like unsolved cases. Yeah. I need an answer. Yeah. They're so unsatisfying. Yeah. I'm like, no. I, I can't do any of these. <laughs> Fair
2: enough. As as a kid, my parents loved the show Unsolved Mysteries and would watch it like constantly what was that guy's and it name? would totally freak me out.
1: Was that guy's See,
4: name? my mom listens to Forensic Files to fall asleep at night, so I feel like she must, I got inception. I listen to fucked Crime junkies to fall asleep at, at night. So, how do they
6: sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I used I used to watch Criminal Minds before I went to bed like at, almost every single night. Oh, that's oh my a gosh.
4: rough one. I I would, like, literally not sleep at all.
6: Yeah.
5: that right. sounds
4: like you were afraid of being adopted <laughs> without any crime shows in your life.
6: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, like,
4: a very fearful person. Uh-huh. I'm
6: afraid of a lot. Let's talk um, about and... semi-trucks. What do you guys think?
0: Because they're big and noisy, do um, you think?
6: As yeah. someone who's been run over by a school bus, a semi-truck is oh, a reasonably geez.
1: scary thing. Oh, I'd I say.
6: forgot about that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'll just reveal mine with semi-trucks oh. because... In driver's ed, when I was, like, 14, they showed us a picture of, like, the semi-truck with, like, shaded blind spots, and ever since then, like, that, that like, image is in my head.
0: That every is time a very I, reasonable fear, yeah. Yeah,
4: that's so why it's better to just get past mm. them. I hate people who, like, hang in their blind spot, you know, like, oh, they just don't God. want to pass, and I'm like, just go I, blind. like, hold my breath, and I'm just
6: like, and then, like, the car mm-hmm. in front of you is, like, not past, I was like, I cannot hang out in this semi-truck's blind spot, which is, like, almost <laughs> all of the circumference of it.
0: I love this idea that uh, that uh, the thing you were most scared of as a child is the blind spot of semi trucks. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, like, like most of us
0: are like skeletons coming out from under the bed. Madeline's like, I'm not interested in blind spots in being in the blind spot of trucks. And also, I think uh, probably some of them are not very well-maintained. And really, the long hours the truckers drive uh, makes them a danger to the rest of the Oh, my goodness. I'm peek like-
6: into Madeline's brain as a kid.
4: <laughs> Growing up in Colorado, I grew up Driving on lots of really windy, icy, steep mountain roads, oh, yeah. and I think one of the most terrifying things to see is they have runaway truck ramps. Yeah. Oh yeah, those mm. are and So wild. they're basically this like they're they're just like this straight up super steep slope that a, a semi can drive up if their brakes go out driving yeah. in the mountains of Colorado, and um, it's built of I don't really know what it's made of to be honest, but it's built of like gravel or something that's yeah. supposed to sink, so it's designed slow to slow the truck yeah, down. Yeah. But I have seen more semis than I would like to admit. All the way up the ramp which is terrifying because i'm like Damn. how fast were you going like
5: how like, long were you like, just like dodging would have cars? me
6: oh my gosh yeah
5: yeah wow. so good. how does somebody get down from the top of the ramp
4: uh i think they have to like have this Toe? massive tow truck crane thing pull it down so they eventually get their truck in park um <laughs> uh, i guess
0: like, right once it stops like
5: because i know what you're talking about but i'm really worried about the truck just sliding back down the hill well that's no, why I it's the, designed the gravel to is sink. deep
0: enough that yeah, yeah. it's like it's, it's designed like to sink to so so slow just down in, like, so it doesn't yeah. stop because i feel like,
5: so a lot better up. about the existence of these now because my whole life i just i would like, i would just delaying the inevitable
2: i would think you'd be able to downshift right before you like get going so fast that you're like flying all the way to the top of those
0: Abby's well, like, I mean, Abby's like look surprising. civil engineers I think you've neglected an important point <laughs> what comes up must These come down are steep. <laughs> well, the all right, whole so gravity thing in. hello
6: <laughs> <laughs> so semi
5: trucks <laughs> yeah. so if you want to see me at my very worst as a person put me in a room with a spider
1: uh-huh. <laughs> I, so, okay. I, I still <laughs> I maintain the
4: right to run away and make a screaming noise if a wasp chases me
5: all right, so. all
0: right. mm. I think we're gonna we might split this one yeah um,
4: That's,
1: I feel
5: like semi trucks is most entertaining so I'm going to go with it
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh for the I keep forgetting we have to do a would you
5: Yeah. Word what's going to make it? the
2: most entertaining thing that you have to say next and I want that one That's I feel like unsolved
4: mysteries might be the most entertaining <laughs> yeah <but.
2: laughs>
1: I have to go with that one. Okay. Would you rather have the
0: most delicious brownie in the world right now or have an unsolved mystery jump out uh at the public figure you hate most just as he or she was receiving an award at a public
1: ceremony?
6: <laughs> an unsolved. Ooh. <laughs>
5: Wait, I
1: mean, what is
0: this figure? Is i
5: figure like, I hate the most, yeah. not the one I like the most? Yeah, the
0: one that you would see the most joy out of getting a severe fright.
6: I feel like, so
5: this could mm. be like the Loch Ness
0: Monster uh, jumps out. Could you imagine?
6: The skeletons in the closet. Like What was the that? first option?
0: Uh, brownie. The most delicious brownie in the world right now.
4: I didn't want that.
5: <laughs> I'm really hungry.
4: No, I really want to see I'm... what Unsolved mystery would jump out, so I want <laughs> yeah. that.
0: One. Yeah,
2: same. I vote that one. <laughs>
4: I Can you imagine like a
2: semi truck that?
0: Can you imagine this... like like uh, you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come right out there and say my least favorite uh, public figure right now is Donald Trump. So you know Donald Trump he's he's receiving some sort of award from Fox News or whatever, and what jumps out at him <laughs> is is it is an unsolved mystery. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but if it's just like the,
0: the climbing, Bermuda Triangle. It, I don't know.
4: And, and it's actually
6: like personal <laughs> Amelia that Earhart's plane comes
0: flying through <laughs> The blind spot of a semi-truck <laughs>
6: <laughs> Oh
0: yeah, <it's> nice. no, <laughs> my god
4: it, A
5: semi-truck see, just and... like
4: rolls up next to him
1: <laughs> berp, berp. <laughs> I can't see you right oh, now Oh my god
0: Startled me. That is our show. Nick, Madeline, Holly, Abby, thank you for being my co host today. And what kind of garbage person would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, for making us a part of your week? If you're new here and you like what you heard today, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or wherever else you find podcasts are available. I remind you that your questions are vital to the show uh, because they mean what you want it to be about. Be like cachet and send questions and comments to the Shortcoats at gmail.com, or you can leave us a message at 347 ShortCT. We'll talk about it on the show while your podcast app is open. And I know it is. <laughs> we hope you'll be the kind of listener we're always grateful for. Give us some stars and a review. And let us know that we're doing it right. The show is made possible by the generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox, and our closing music is by Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week.